0: Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Endeavor and founder of Creative on Purpose. You can learn more about me and my work and grab a free copy of the Creative on Purpose handbook at creativeonpurpose.com. Now, let's meet today's guest. Doug, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more.
1: Terrific. Hi, Scott, and hi, everybody who's tuning in. So my name is Doug Baumel, and in 2003, I started a company called Continuity Family Business Consulting. And our mission is to work with families uh, who uh, own and operate companies together or who own and share significant assets. And we work, typically we work on issues of succession planning, governance development, um, helping the the business operate better, clarifying roles within the family and in the business. And what's unique and interesting about how we do our work is um, the way we look at families who share assets or or co-manage companies is that the system that they're engaged in is is sort of predisposed to having conflict. So anything that we do, whether it's developing a board of directors, working with a family on organizational charting and career pathing, whatever we do is through the lens of managing conflict. And we understand uh, conflict in family businesses is very unique and very different from other types of conflict. It's not the type of conflict that you'd have in a non-family business. It's not sort of civil dispute. It's actually, um, and we can go into this more uh, in in our talk today, but it's what we call identity-based systemic conflict. So we've developed a a set of um, approaches and and frameworks that really address the root causes of conflict in family enterprise. Um, So now today it's uh, more than 15 almost 20 years later and we have oh about a dozen full-time people uh, in the company all doing this work across the country and we're expanding internationally and um, several specialists who we call in for specific purposes and you can find out more about us and me at our website which is www.continuity.com F as in family, B as in business, C as in consulting.com. So it's continuityfbc.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, so I definitely want to get into kind of the nature of the work that you do. But before we dive in there, I'm just, because you have been uh, engaged in this endeavor for an extended period of time, it's difficult to do work as a, I don't I don't. I. I don't know if you consider what you do solo um, freelance or you know being a freelancing type of enterprise or an entrepreneurial type of enterprise. But mm-hmm. regardless, it's something that you've helped build from the ground up. And not only did you create viability, but sustainability. And so I'm just interested if you have any insights on what, what might have been some of the, the key moments or secrets to your success just in kind of keeping an enterprise like this afloat.
1: Okay, it's a great question. Um, Most family business consultancies are solo efforts. And typically, uh, I'd say there's a lot of psychologists in this field, Um, some folks in academia that do this sort of as an adjunct to their work. Um, I set out to do something different. I set out to create a company with broad reach and impact. Um, And that's because of my own personal experience. I come from a family business, we had a lot of conflict. And over the course of maybe 15 or so years, when I was with my family's business, I was on the client side of this work. And um, unfortunately for us, most of the work was not um, effective. We actually ended up in litigation. It was just a terrible time for our family, for our business. Um, And the last family business consultant that uh, I worked with um, as a client suggested, you know, there's um, not a lot of folks with actual MBA, uh, with actual family business experience like yours uh, in this field, and certainly not a lot of folks that have business training and MBA, et cetera, and that have run businesses before, you should consider going into this field. I think you'd be good at it. <clears throat> so I thought for a moment and I said, why would I want to go into a field that I had such a bad impression of? Um, so I thought about it and I said, you know, if I'm going to go into this field, I'm going to do it differently. Our problem was conflict. And I think anybody, uh, any family that um, seeks out a family business consultant is willing to pay significant money to, to engage in this kind of work and invest time, um, the time it takes to do this, um, is in some sort of pain. and. I felt that the core deliverable in this service, which is something I did not experience on the client side, is an understanding and process for managing conflict, not just a series of best practices and um, sort of talk therapy about communication and whatnot. Um, so I set out, it took me almost, almost two years um, before I was willing to sort of hang a shingle after my family business actually was sold. So I um, thought very uh, carefully about conflict. I, I studied conflict. I studied family systems theory, and I added to my skill set and knowledge base the types of things I thought I would need in doing this work, um, and I learned a lot about conflict, and I identified that conflict in family business is, has more in common with other identity-based conflicts, such as ethnic, political, religious conflicts that are very personal to you. And you can't negotiate those things. You can't negotiate your identity. And that's what makes, that's what really differentiates conflict in the family enterprise or conflict in family for that matter, from um, simple civil dispute. So I cobbled together an approach that was different from what I experienced Um, and I, launched my company. It was just me. I was operating at, we have a detached garage. I made a small office. I came up with a logo and a name and whatnot. And and I launched the company and I had a few small clients to start. And I found that that the work was effective. I was able to help families. Um, But, you know, as a solo entrepreneur in this field, it was tough getting sort of certainly getting noticed. It was very difficult um, getting, uh, you know, more significant families with more complex problems to engage as a solo practitioner. And also I knew I was missing some some parts. And um, at the time I I become president of um, an organization called the, uh, well, the New England chapter of an organization called the Family Firm Institute. Uh, which is the largest professional organization of family uh, business consultants and related professionals. And um, I was sort of drafted into the leadership of the New England chapter. And uh, my job was to talk to people who who were interested in this field. And luckily, one of those people that approached me uh, became my business partner, Blair Tripp. And she was one of the Boston area's top mediators. So she brought, I I was thinking, in terms of systemic identity based conflict, she brought a whole new skill set of, um, of dispute resolution. Now, as I said before, conflicts in family business are very different from civil dispute. But the skill sets um, involved in mediation, for example, arbitration, um, uh, active listening that, that mediators are, are expert at, um, those skill sets were essential. Uh, Blair was intrigued. Blair has a um, an MBA and a psychology degree. Blair was intrigued with our my approach, and together we took what I had cobbled together uh, and really refined it. And we um, I don't have a copy of our book. Do you have a copy of the book? You can-
0: um, it's behind me on my bookshelf, and I'm I'm not gonna. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll call and get one. Um, Surprise! I don't have one handy.
0: No worries. Um,
1: Anyway, so we eventually wrote a book about it years later. Um, I think it's been out three years now. But we uh, really crafted a deep process of how to engage with families. And then over the years, we added a marketing team. Um, We added other consultants that were trained up in, in our approach and our methods. We developed a toolkit so that when other consultants go into the field and work with families, we as partners, oversee their work, hold them to account uh, accountable standards regarding the tools that they need to um, come up with. And so the challenge for us at that stage of the company was scaling. And scaling in a way because, you know, working with families is complex work. It's important work. um, And we take it very seriously, of course. And um, we need to make sure that this work is done well. Families invite us into their most uh, intimate secrets and their most intimate um, conflicts, and we have to be responsible. We have to be uh, on point every uh, step of the way, and we have to be helpful um, and often okay. this, Yeah, and that,
0: that's, uh, uh, there's so much already to to unpack there. So I want to just because I I know that there's more to tell about the story about sustainability, but. What I'm hearing already is number one: you really got started by scratching your own itch. You had this experience with your own family and your own family's business, and it was, you know, through, you know, the way that you were dealing with that that you were able to see the problems that maybe other people weren't able to see, and you developed this this approach. So I just I think that's a theme that just happens over and over and over on this. Broadcast, or people I interview people get into work that um, is helping people solve a problem that they themselves first experience. So I wanted to to highlight that, but also um, there's two things here that maybe also lead to the to the scaling and growing piece that that you're getting to, which is you're dealing. It seems to me that you're dealing with kind of two very two dynamics that we oftentimes separate. You have business things going on, and then you have human things going on. And then, of course, the added layer of nuance is that they are not just human interactions, but they're family interactions, which are always way more nuanced, sophisticated, and fun, and exciting, and challenging um, than just uh, your day-to-day with you know peers, coworkers, and what have you. So I would love to just before we get more into the the growth piece what are the elements of your approach that um, allow you to kind of step into that human to human or you know just to I I guess I would see it as like an empathic piece more than the 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 bottom line business you know finance piece
1: yeah well having an understanding of their of their business where they're what makes them money, how they're organized. That's essential if you're gonna work with families in this business. And I'd also add to that wealth. We work with many family, affluent families and family offices where they've sold their business. And uh, what connects them is not management of a company or ownership of a company, but ownership of either real estate or simply um, uh, cash, money. Um, And uh, that has its own separate dynamics. Um, Okay, so how we approach uh, our work. So I guess the best way I can explain this is to um, tell you about my college experience. One of the most impactful um, professors I had, I went to Cornell and I studied electrical engineering. Electrical engineering teaches you about systems, right? And it teaches you how things connect, how things work together. Um, One of my most impactful professors, I was fortunate enough to be in Carl Sagan's astronomy class. That was mind blowing. Um, And my big takeaway, and I still have my notebook from that that class. The big takeaway was he said, if you truly understand a system, you should be able to express it mathematically. And that stuck with me. So when my family business sort of imploded, my own family business, um, I took those two years thinking about, well, why and why did, why were the consultants we hired? Why are they mostly ineffective? And I thought back to my coursework with with, uh, Professor Sagan and I said, well, family businesses are a system. Conflict is a system. How do I better understand that? And I thought about, Um, teasing out what the elements of those two systems were that interacted with each other. Um, One of the things that popped off the page for me was this idea of interdependence. If you compare a family enterprise to a non-family enterprise, stakeholders in a family business are connected and interdependent in so many ways. So a family business is distinguished from a non-family business because stakeholders are just connected. Like if you think in your mind of a complex watch mechanism with a lot of gears that are all meshed together, the more moving parts that are interdependent and connected together in a system, the more opportunity for things to go wrong. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And when things go wrong in a complex interconnected system like a family business, it shows up as either grinding to a halt where families stop making decisions together in a, in a timely manner, or they get into actual fighting and, and conflict. So when the system breaks down and stops, we call that, um, we call that passive conflict. It breaks down and stops because families and fa- stakeholders in a family business are afraid to um, make a move because they know it'll trip the system into conflict. So they stop, they silo up, they stop communicating. So, that was one of the first insights this this idea of interdependence. So, just for an example, so when our consultants go in and talk to a family, what they have just a conversation with each individual stakeholder, and what they're trying to tease out is what is the degree of interdependence among stakeholders? Where are they connected? So, that goes in the notes. We're having a casual conversation with our, our stakeholder client, but we're teasing out the data that we need. And what we've done is we've identified um, 12 fundamental uh, components of conflict and family enterprise. And um, we put them together in a formula and we don't look for numbers, it's not a quantitative formula, but it's a qualitative collection of uh, data points that we need to understand um, through our conversation and analysis of a family business in order to understand where they're in conflict or I should say in in a broader sense, what's preventing them from getting to where they want to be? And that's really our charge. It's not only to manage conflict. Most of our clients actually don't say that they're in conflict. Mm -hmm. They say that they're stuck or they they want to get someplace. They're having trouble with a succession plan or the transition. And this um, sort of, uh, this approach, this framework of 12 components of conflict gets us to
0: the root cause of why they aren't
1: getting to where they want to be. Is
0: that a good question? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's, what's interesting is that it sounds like before, um, before you get to the difficult conversations, you have to have a conversation about difficult conversations. I mean, helping people see what they don't see in terms of, you know, the need to address issues that maybe they're ignoring or, or just unaware of, Um, which sounds like it could be, a pretty uh, interesting conversation to have. One of the things that you mentioned um, earlier that I think is also something that I'd love to unpack just because I think it's super important is, you know, you, you found a collaborator. You mentioned you're meeting your business partner and she brought, brings this whole new set of skills to the relationship. And, and it was you know, you had some good ideas that were kind of loosely held together, and by working with somebody else, you created this cohesive system. You wrote a book together, you systematized it. Now you have this process that um, you can hire others to implement in the, the with the families and businesses that you're working with. So, just in in your experience, you know what's what's the value of um, that kind of collaboration with, with a peer as a partner in business? And how do you look at the conversations that you're having with your clients as collaboration?
1: Well, collaboration is key in this business. Um, so, when I was on the client side of this work, with a few exceptions, most of the consultants that we worked with were solo. Um, and because they're solo, we have only one chance to connect. So um, when we come in, most of our work, by far, the vast majority of our work is done as a gender-balanced team, okay? So when I'm fortunate enough to work with Blair on a case, it's the two of us and um, we can sort of, we've been doing this so long, we can read each other's minds. And we're sure that, and we're very different people and there's a gender, of course, uh, balance between us. Um, When there's two of us interviewing a a stakeholder, we're sure that, well, we're doubling the possibility that we're gonna make a really good trusting connection with them, which is essential. Um, That's number one. Number two, having somebody that has participated in all of the conversations we've had, has done all the analysis together as as a team, Gives you somebody that you can have substantive conversations with about what you heard, what you're thinking, what solutions you're thinking you're thinking of floating, and you can get that pushback. You can get that challenging of your assumptions and challenging what you heard and what it means. And together, uh, one of one of the things Blair and I say is, um, we fight so you don't have to, because we we constantly do that. You know we leave a, a, a day when we've met you know, eight family members individually and we're hashing it out. We're going through our framework, um, but she might've heard things that I didn't hear. She might've interpret, interpreted things that I didn't uh, interpret differently or, or whatever. And the product just gets immeasurably better when you have somebody that has complementary skills, a different way of looking at it, and you can really hash out what is what is truly in the best interest of, of the
0: client? Love it. So, one of the questions that I often ask guests, um, just because it's always really interesting and revealing, is that is you know in any meaningful enterprise or endeavor, you are going to come across challenges um, and. You know, whether you want to call them mistakes or failures or impediments or what have you, sometimes things don't go in just the way that we had hoped that they would go. And so I'm just wondering if there's a moment in the arc of your, you know, this 20 plus year journey where, you know, you, there was one of those moments that you could call it a challenge, opportunity, a mistake, or, or a failure, what have you. And, you know, what was it and how did you, um, either overcome it or use it as a lesson to make things better going forward?
1: When families are in conflict, they want us to take sides, of course. Each each stakeholder feels justified in their position and they um, won't necessarily trust you unless you are on their side. And we have to be on everybody's side. We have to advocate for everybody's interest and do it in a way that um, is transparent um, and it's a difficult balancing act. Um, I can think of, I'll answer your question in two parts. In this um, sense, uh, when we're entering a highly conflictual family and we take cases in active litigation, I think we're the only firm that does so. Mm. Um, So families are lawyering up and somebody finds out about us through another advisor or something and we come in, these are families that are really polarized. Um, On one occasion I can think of, one of our consultants got compromised, said something in a meeting where um, the group thought they were aligned with one of the stakeholders, one of the branches. That consultant was not compromised in in reality. Uh, They were not biased, but they lost the trust of the client. And I have to say, you know, we push, we make change with clients. um, And it's, uh, we have to be willing to be fired. We've never been fired yet, but um, in this case, we were almost fired. And we had to reconstitute our team. We had to take that one person and replace them. Um, and we had to talk about had to have this difficult conversation with the client and say, you know this is difficult work. we're constantly being um, uh, you know torn by the different uh, factions within a family and we have to do and in that case uh, we acknowledge we had to do a better job of being transparent and clearly unbiased and um, so, you know, in terms of a failure, uh, we reconstituted that um, that team. Um, we worked with them. They rehired us. We we believe in a beginning, middle, and an end to each of our tranches with a the family. They hired us three more times over the course of, uh, I think, two and a half more years um, and uh, had a wonderful outcome. But I think that was a, a, a point where we were very challenged mm. very challenged
0: oh uh, what I so what i'm hearing in that story is um even though your consultant hadn't really compromised themselves um they lost trust yeah there's there's a situation and it's acknowledging for everybody the transparency to say this is this is a you know We now have a thing and we we can all accept and acknowledge that this, this is going on because it's, you can't decide what the next best step is forward until you accept, you know, until there's some agreement about what's going on right now. Um, So I really, I love that story and I love the, the idea um, of uh, you know, being present, but also the generosity of uh, instead of, getting your back up and having to be righteous and ju- you know justify um your your consultant or your company's position but to just say okay this is this is now happening and 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 now what so those those stories are always really really profound well, we are um starting to come towards the end of our of our half hour together um for, you mentioned the book, and yeah. um, I'm sorry I didn't have a copy handy, but I do. Okay, very good.
1: We're just about to send out um, send a copy of this book to uh, somebody. And this is kind of funny. See how big this book is? Yeah, and i'll I'll bring this over. So this is our book. Okay? this it. is actually a package this is a book safe we had a couple of le- a couple left and um, we wanted there's somebody that we wanted to give the book safe to so inside this is a hollowed out book which is our paperback so um, so this is a book and it it is probably the the best book you can find it on Amazon that talks about this identity based conflict piece and and family businesses and it's called Deconstructing Conflict, Understanding Family Business, Shared Wealth and Power. So Fantastic. if these are of interest to the audience, please look, a, look it up and um, or connect with us and we'll get you a copy.
0: Very good, well, I have one final question that I'd like to ask of all my guests as, as we're wrapping things up, and that is um, if there's just one tip piece of advice that you'd like to leave listeners with that will help them fly higher in an endeavor or enterprise where they seek to make a difference, what would that be? I have a clear vision
1: of what you're trying to accomplish um, I knew in two thousand three that I did not just want, want I, did not just want to make a living uh, and pay the rent. I thought that this field needed something different. And um, I forego or went, well, I I did not um, focus on just, uh, just engaging with clients uh, quickly and delivering services. I focused on refining the method. Um, Client work was a big part of that. But I had a clear vision of what I wanted to do, and that was to, be a, uh, to make a difference in the field and to build a team that was capable of going out into the world and doing things differently and making a, making a real impact. So I'd say for listeners that are thinking about starting a business or growing their business, vision. Know where you want to be, because if you don't know where you want to end up, you're not going to get there.
0: I love it. Well, that's great advice, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Doug and I really appreciate you lending us your valuable time and attention this morning, and we hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Doug Mowell at, go ahead, Doug.
1: Yes, www.continuity, F as in family, B as in business, C as in consulting, continuityfbc.com.
0: Fantastic. And of course, it's always great to see you at creativeonpurpose.com as well. Now, go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Doug, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure, Scott. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.